Welcome to another episode of Geisler's Guidelines, a long-term podcast. I am your host, Jordan Geisler, and welcome to the quarantine edition of this show. Uh, for the next few episodes, all of our guests will be coming in via um, Zoom or FaceTime. No sponsors because they're not giving me any money to use them specifically. Um, but because of quarantining and because of social distancing, is just best and safe, safest and easiest uh, if everyone is from their own home for these recording episodes. But getting to the point, uh, we have a wonderful guest today for the podcast, a good friend of mine. Her name is Ashley Ward. Ashley, thank you so much for calling in for this episode of the podcast. Thank you for having me. <laughs> Sorry, I should have I should have given you a lead on. Would you like to introduce yourself to the audience of our two listeners? I promise the game is going to be fine. Um, it will be okay. Uh, but we know each other from uh, a couple of Spanish classes that we've had at U of L uh, with the same professor. It was the same professor for both classes, Dr. Wagner. If for whatever reason she happened to find out that I have a podcast and is listening to it, thank you for listening, Dr. Wagner. And it has been a pleasure being your student because you are an awesome professor. But I find that highly unlikely she's going to ever find out that I have a podcast, uh, as it is with most people. Uh, but that is neither here nor there. It is now time for a segment we like to call, and by we I really mean me, like to call Bowl of Scenarios. Uh, so I have this bowl full of scenarios, and for probably the first time ever, I get to draw the scenario because Ashley, unfortunately, is not here with us in studio, as I mentioned before. Uh, so I will unravel this scenario. It's kind of lame, but I think it's kind of important. Someone asks to copy your notes in class, and we're gonna say this is in college, not high school, because in high school, it's pretty mandatory for you to show up to class. Someone asks to copy your notes in class, do you let him or her, and why? So what would you do in this situation? Okay, well, I, I need more context. Is this like they were also in class, or is this like they missed class? It can go either way you choose. Okay. If they're in class and it's like we're like doing a group discussion kind of thing, then I'll let them take a picture um, of my notes just because I personally think I'm a great note taker and I would like to share that knowledge with other people. Um, and like if they're, if they send out an email um, to all this students in class like asking for notes because they were sick then I'll send them my notes as well because I would want someone to do the same thing for me if I miss class um but if they're just sitting there and there's no reason why they couldn't have taken notes then I'm just like no thank you <laughs> yeah so I would do well I should have prefaced this as I often forget to do but all of the scenarios and bolo scenarios are scenarios that happen to me um, so what I, this has happened to me on two specific occasions. Once my freshman year, 
once in senior year, freshman year. It happened, and I was taking a gen ed uh, political science course, and it was all lecture. It was like a big lecture class, and this guy just came up from nowhere, and he was like, hey, I wasn't here last class. Could you email me the notes? And I was so I, I had heard him ask a couple of other people who had said no. And I was so caught off guard that I said yes and I sent him the notes. But I regretted it afterwards because I was like, well, he never gave an explanation as to why he wasn't in class. Could have been because he just didn't want to show up because the class wasn't the most interesting class ever. Um, and so I sent it to him. Now, senior year, it was for a comm class that's a required comm course. And it was awful and I hated it. Um, and attendance was mandatory because the professor took attendance and account towards your grade. Um, but this person, I don't know why I, she didn't pass the vibe check, I guess, but I was just like, I'm not sending her the notes. Uh, and she asked a couple other people and most people said no. One person finally said yes. Um, but I don't like to share notes with people because if I showed, and this is regardless of if they were or weren't in class, if I show up and take the time to do notes, that person can take the time to show up and do the notes as well. I do understand and respect your opinion, although my notes are not all that great. I do a lot of like abbreviating and I use like special codes to like shorthand, I guess. Um, so it would be probably a disservice for a lot of people for me to give them my notes, uh, but that's just me. Uh, so another segment of both scenarios is over with. Uh, it is now time to move on to our discussion, and I pray the audio is not picking up my dog barking in the background um, because he loves to bark all the time for no reason. Uh, love you, Maker, but you need to stop barking. Uh, if you're listening, I don't really know. He's a dog. We took away his iPad, I guess, so maybe he can't hear anymore. Um, our today's episode is on pain. Uh, such a happy, delightful topic and such happy, delightful times we're living in right now. Uh, so, Ashley, I'm going to hand off the first question to you. When is a recent time you felt great pain? Go for it, yeah. So, um, last summer, I interned at the, um, like, Boone County Commonwealth Attorney's Office for a few months, and, like, right before, okay, it was the week before I moved back to Louisville, uh, for the school year, and I sat in on a trial, and so, like, you know, really cool for, like, aspiring attorney, I get to sit in on a trial, and yeah. watch that happened. Um, except it was, like, a really, uh, sad and, like, upsetting kind of trial. It was the stepfather who happened to be a pastor of... I remember you telling me about this. Yeah. Yeah. Very small church, but he, um, allegedly, uh, sexually harassed his stepdaughter, who's, like, 13 or 14 at the time, and... One person, one jury member, like, didn't believe there was, like, enough evidence of that, like, beyond a reasonable doubt. Even though there were so many people that testified on, um, the daughter's, like, the stepdaughter's behalf. Um, like, to me, there was tons of evidence. 
like, he wasn't convicted. And so, it was, I guess I was just very upset that, like, you know, he got to go free. And, you know, there were other younger kids in the household. And, like, her mother didn't believe her at all. And so, like, when I found out, like, they decided that, like, he wasn't being convicted, I, like, just went home and, like, cried for hours. Mm. Like, you know, I just had, like, that very, like, terrible pit in my stomach. Like, I just felt for her because she also, um, the daughter, she was stepdaughter 15 for the trial. And the following day after she found out that, like, she didn't win the case, uh, she had a, she had her first day of high school. Oh my gosh. And she goes to, like, to my high school that I went to as well. Mm-hmm. So, like, so I knew the, like, the assistant principal that, like, had, was going to testify for her character and everything. Um, but, yeah, that was, it was terrible. Uh, I did find out, though, that a few months later they did a retrial and he was convicted. It was only That's like, good. <laughs> like what? Like three years, I think, was mm-hmm. his sentence. But it's something better than nothing, I guess. Um, but yeah, I like couldn't eat for like for so long. I just and yeah, yeah, really bad. Well, justice showed up, even if justice was late. Justice still showed up. Um, yeah. But I can't. Uh, that would be very very difficult to witness and know like deep down what really happened or what you believe to have really happened um and to know that it's not going the way it's supposed to yeah especially after like in the trial there's very explicit details of like the sexual harassment of like what he or what the daughter was kind of claiming he did Mm -hmm. so it was like just hearing that just made myself sick anyways so yeah well i apologize that sounds like an awful experience um the most recent time that i felt pain that i could think of was similar to you it was emotional pain and it was when and this is something we have talked about in great detail when L announced that it's canceling graduation um because that felt like a rug was being pulled out from under me um you know this is something that we've been waiting for um most of us for 16 years to happen um and you know all the money from tuition that goes into it all the hard work of studying and test taking and just showing up and getting stuff done um now kind of feels like it was all for naught even though we still get our degree just to be able to have that ceremony and that kind of day of recognition of achievement and all that was done in order to get that far it definitely feels upsetting because none of that is going to happen now and L said that um all would-be graduates for the spring can participate in the winter ceremony but to me it's not worth it and it's too long after but you know it's just something that I understand, like, it wasn't, the pain wasn't inflicted to hurt, it was inflicted out of, like, care and concern for other people and making sure people stay healthy and stay safe during this time, but that doesn't mean that it doesn't suck, because it really does suck 
not being able yeah. to have this time to kind of just celebrate and feel like you're finally putting on like the final layer of icing on the cake and then saying like we can finally dig in and eat and then someone takes away the cake and they're like sorry there's no cake um i'm speaking in food metaphors because that's what i relate to the most um but that would definitely be the time most recent time that i felt great pain um which do you believe is to feel worse emotional or physical pain uh i definitely think emotional worse because it's more long-lasting in my opinion like you can't just like put a band-aid on it like physical pain Mm -hmm. and like physical pain majority of the time there's like clear steps like you can take to become healthy again most of the time not always but like if you break your leg you know you go to the hospital they do what they do i'm not a medical professional yeah Yeah. like and then it heals like in a few weeks um but like emotional pain and it's not you know like there's not not much you can do um to just like relieve the pain and there's like not one size fits all Mm -hmm. you know it's different for everyone like how to cope with it so there's so many different ways to deal with it yeah that, like it's hard to find the right one so like it varies by person and then also by scenario and it's just way more complex yeah i definitely am thinking along the same lines also i've not in my lifetime experienced a lot of physical pain i've never broken anything i cracked my chin open when i was like nine and i think that's probably one of the closest moments i've had a great physical pain um so i have to lean more on the side of emotional pain causing being worse um and basically for the same reasons you said there is no medicine you take for emotional pain to go away there is no healing time there is no um kind of like prescription of like take these in the morning and you'll be okay um unless you're a drug addict and i don't endorse that uh but you know it's just (laughs) uh, emotional pain just has that agony to it of a lot of times it doesn't fade away um or at least not consciously it doesn't fade away and even if it does fade away can still like come back like a death in the family you may go through like the mourning process but you can still have times when you reflect back on the person you lost and you feel the sadness of that moment like I was just texting my sister this morning because she sent me a TikTok about like a dog getting a mugshot and the dog looked like our old dog who passed away I think like three or four years ago this April and when she texted that, I was like, wow, I'm actually crying because I really miss our dog now. And that was so long ago, but I still think about that time when he passed away. And it's really upsetting to think about the fact that he's been gone for so long. Um, but that's just some of the things that come with emotional pain. Mm-hmm. So how has pain helped you grow as a person? Uh, it's definitely helped me, like, not what not to do next I guess like trial and error Mm -hmm. um uh and like it also so I empathize a lot or I try to empathize like with other people's like feelings and pain so it kind of gives me 
like insight into like what other people are feeling so like I don't I curb them in that same way like Mm -hmm. um and give them that pain or like understand the pain that they're going through and so like I feel like we were talking about this earlier but um also like when I can empathize with other people's pain then it makes me like want to stop or like in their pain yeah uh especially like if i've felt that same pain before so um like i do a lot of like my political science degree a lot of research on like human rights violations mm-hmm. like currently like on the philippines and so it just encourages me more to study human rights law and like how to end violations yeah so i guess like pain has like increased my motivation to like do something to stop it uh so for myself how has pain helped me grow as a writer like one of the things i fear the most is being rejected for like what i write and that um should like when i if i were to like because i've been i have a project that i've worked on for a really long time now and so i have like a fear that i'll try and publish it and it won't get published um and that people will reject it and i'll just take it so personally and be like oh it's because it's not not good writing whereas it might just be it's not the right fit for that publisher or whatever the case may be um and just other times when i felt like i've put myself out there um it definitely makes it difficult to try and do that same thing again like getting and i've brought dredged this up from the trenches multiple times and multiple episodes on this podcast uh, but graduating high school um a very good friend of mine uh, kind of just quit like all communication with me and it was a really difficult time because that friend and I were really close and we had known each other for such a long time and so throughout my freshman year I like the absence of that friendship was very prominent and a lot of the time so I consistently felt the pain of like rejection from this person and now when I invest time and energy and emotion into a relationship it's kind of negative it's not necessarily a positive way that I have grown from pain but I have to remind myself that I can't become so attached or so ready to be invested in a relationship because for all I know what happened before could happen again and maybe that sounds really jaded and maybe that sounds like very self-destructive maybe it is I don't really know and I don't really care because it's what I do um but I've just grown into that pattern of um sometimes I have to protect myself before really pursuing something I have to make sure that I'll be okay before I can go and do xyz if that makes any sense again mm-hmm. i could just be a very self-destructive person but that it but is no, what it is no i do like the same thing sometimes like you know if someone hurts you obviously you want to take precautions so next time it doesn't yeah. happen the same way like, now yeah, i'm not sure if that's healthy or not yeah but. question that's um kind of a pop question do you agree or disagree with the phrase forgive and forget or do you endorse it or what? What are your feelings? Okay. I do not like that. I honestly, 
obviously like disagree. Yes. I feel like it's be more like forgive and move forward. Yeah. Like it's important to just still like remember because like I mean I hold grudges. I mean don't hold grudges, but like you know you just wanna. <laughs> remember that it did happen yeah you know you can't erase the past and it's hard to just forget like if people can just forget things like people or like pain i applaud them but i can't do that personally yeah. so i think forgiving them is more helpful to myself because i can just uh move past it mm-hmm. and like still have that as like a memory but while it's like not holding me back or like yeah yeah i'm in the same boat i don't agree with the phrase i think it should just be forgive and don't forget um (laughs) forgiving what has happened is not always the easiest thing to do it can be exceptionally difficult but when you finally let go of whatever it is you've been holding on to Uh, there's such a relief that comes over you because you're no longer just hovering over this issue or this problem and you finally just set it free and say it's out of my control and what happened has already happened and I can't go back and change that. I think it's very negative to just forget because then you're leaving yourself susceptible to allowing that whatever happened to happen again. Like if you accidentally cut yourself with a knife when you're like chopping up like onions for a meal um if you like forgive yourself i guess for practicing poor knife skills um but just choose to forget about it then um you could easily just end up hurting yourself again or if you put yourself in a position of being in like an abusive relationship where you forgive the person, but you end up letting that person back into your life, you're just going to put yourself in the same position to be abused by that person again. It's good to forgive. It's not good to forget because you need to be conscientious of what's going to happen to you going forward. If you forget the history that's already been made, the history is just going to repeat itself over again. Um, So yes, thank you very much for your insight. So, when is a time you caused someone else pain? Okay, so, this one's a hard one because, like, I don't know, it's hard for me to be, like, I don't know, realize that I've caused someone else's pain. Yeah. Um, But I'm going to be, like, cheesy and say that, like, when I decided to go to L like, you know, and move an hour and a half away, like, I, I feel like I hurt my mom's feelings, because, yeah. like, she didn't want her oldest child to move away, like, and she kept saying that, like, Louisville's a dangerous city, even though we live right by Cincinnati, um, I, yeah, <laughs> and, <laughs> yeah. but I also think part of it was, like, she had just had my half-sister, who at the time would have been four years old or five. So, like, you know, when her and my stepdad were at work, my sisters and I were the babysitters. So, you know, one of her free babysitters would have left. <laughs> and I was like, no. And so, like, I also felt bad. I think I called, like, my 
my youngest older sister i don't know how to what that's called but she's like 16 months younger than me she's the next up and all the siblings age yeah yeah so and you know like she was left to like you know care for our youngest half sister but like i just needed to go and like establish my own independence yeah like away from being an unpaid nanny and housekeeper you know i just felt like that was what i was doing at home and like i couldn't get any studying done and so i just like it's not my responsibility to take care of like my mother's child yeah um and it was like kind of harsh but like i just needed to do something for myself Mm -hmm. for once yeah and like i could recognize that like i caused him pain but like also recognize that like it just had to happen yeah it was something that you had to do for yourself um so i think on like a funny and serious note on a funny note I think I caused my parents a lot of pain growing up because I was, uh, I had like very little couth growing up. Like I, and most children don't have a lot of couth. Um, I would often just say what I was thinking and it could be very harsh or very critical. Um, and I've mentioned this in another episode, but of course I'll bring it up again. Um, there was a time I was probably three or four max. Um, and I was in a Costco with my parents and I saw, um, an overweight woman and I pointed at her and I said rather loudly, that lady is so fat, um, kind of in proximity of the woman, uh, and very much in proximity of my parents. And of course they want to crawl into a hole and die, uh, because that is a miserable experience that you can't really explain or apologize for. And then another instance that hasn't been mentioned, um, and this is one that my parents love to bring up. When I was a child, I did youth soccer for several years. Um, And also as a child, uh, I was a very poor sport. Uh, I'll admit that I did not like to lose. I did not like to be ignored in a game. And so a very good friend of mine, whose name is Sean, was on the soccer team with me. And he was probably the star of the team. He was a really good soccer player. I wasn't bad. At least I don't think so. (laughs) I like to think I was good. I just wasn't the best on the team. And he would often, or I guess it's the position of the striker, he was the one who would often go and score the goals a lot of the time. And so there was this one time where I was in like a really good position to score. And I was like, Sean, pass it to me, pass it to me. And he kind of just like ignored me and he just kept going anyways and he scored the goal. And I was so furious that after um, everyone had like cheered and everything, I said, Sean Lasky, you are not my friend anymore. And my parent, and this was like in front of all the parents, all the other players. My parents were absolutely mortified that I had said that. Um, especially since they were probably standing right next to Sean's parents. Um, And of course, (laughs) I completely burned that bridge temporarily because we were children. And even though I had said something rude, kids forget like nobody's business and it's no big deal. My parents did make me go and apologize to them 
later on, which I did, and we became friends again, you know, as children do. Um, but those were some times where I definitely caused my parents pain. Um, I can't think of a particular instance for this, but I am a hypercritical person. I criticize a lot. Most of the time it is to no one's benefit, um, except for myself to just get these words out that I feel must be said. Um, and so, and I kind of discussed this in episode, I believe, seven or eight of criticism with a former professor of mine. Um, but criticism can be very, very negative and very unbeneficial for the people who are on the receiving end of it, especially if the criticism is simply to complain and not in efforts to help the person grow. It's not like constructive criticism. Um, but as I get older, I just have a harder time controlling, I guess, what I say when criticizing other people. Um, and occasionally it happens within like family like I'm kind of critical of our church that we go to in some ways and some of the staff and um, it greatly upsets my parents that I do that. And I understand why, because um, they have very different opinions than I do and that's totally fine. We can all have our own opinions. Um, but sometimes it, I can tell it really bothers them when I make a certain piece of criticism about a certain person. Uh, and so they'll just kind of try and like brush it off or ask me to stop because it's unnecessary. But then I feel like I can't be open and I can't be honest about something in the house that I live in around my own family, which makes it difficult about like, oh, well, then how honest can I be talking about this kind of stuff? Can I even talk about it? Am I welcome to talk about it? If it is a legitimate issue that I think needs to be addressed not just some like petty small problem you know so stuff like that i think has hurt um causes pain for other people i don't think i did get in a fight in the fourth grade um and i had to discuss this not too long ago that is probably one of the only times where i've really intentionally inflicted pain upon someone and let me get the details of this fight because it was under crazy circumstances. In the fourth grade, I made the strange decision to join environmental club at my elementary school. And so I was in environmental club and there was this other kid I knew who was also in the fourth grade who I did not like. His name was Ian McDonald and Ian and I were not friends. He was a punk. He was very rude. Um, and he made fun of me a lot and so one day after environmental club had ended he hit me and so i hit him and then he kicked me and then i kicked him in the groin and shoved him to the ground and ran um, so then um eventually things caught up and my parents got involved uh and i had to go and talk to the principal um but i've never gone in a physical altercation with anyone really outside of my family um ever since then but i think that's really the only time i've caused physical pain on someone with the intention to do so um yeah. but yeah have you ever really fought anyone ashley i feel like i need to ask you now if you've ever fought anybody um no one outside of like my siblings <laughs> or maybe my cousins because like you know i grew up with um like all of my cousins are guys and so you know even though I 
I'm the second oldest, you know, they don't take my authority well, so sometimes I have to assert my authority. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, you know, but, like, they like to, like, play wrestle all the time, and so I always end up getting in the middle of it, even though I'm kind of, like, the mother figure, and I always be like, stop, you're going to hurt someone. Yeah. Sometimes they do get me involved. Uh, but, uh, I also wanted to, like, say, like, so you said you were, like, super competitive. I feel like I'm not that competitive. I am competitive, but not too much. But, like, I have um, a story about, like, youth soccer as well. But it's the complete opposite. So, okay. uh, one of my friends had, like, we were, like, in the middle of a soccer game. And one of my friends had, like, fell down. And so I had, like, the ball was right in front of me, and I stopped to help my friend up. And so the other team got the ball, and, like, everyone was yelling at me, like, get the ball, what are you doing? Oh, my I gosh. Hurt. Yeah. <laughs> I, I really, I totally understand the situation. I really don't know which side I would have taken in that moment. Because usually what happens in soccer, if someone gets really hurt, everyone stops and takes a knee. Yeah, so I'm so well, I'm shocked yeah. that didn't happen. I think she just like tripped or something. Oh. Um, but I don't know. But like I saw my friend fall and I was like, I need to help her up. Yeah. You know, and I don't know. My uh, family laughs about it. But <laughs> some of the th- the things <laughs> families choose to remember and frequently bring up constantly gets under my skin because the Sean Lasky story that I told. That yeah. probably comes up once a week at our house. At least oh once a week. Um, same with me calling the lady fat at Costco. It probably comes up once a month or so. Um, so I just hate stuff like that. Uh, but moving on. Uh, we kind of already talked about how long does emotional pain go on for. But how do you deal with emotional pain? Um, okay, so... I definitely, like, kind of, like, as we were talking about, like, forgive and then, like, kind of move forward or move on, um, but, like, try to use it as a learning experience and, like, keep that in mind to, like, try and accept it and then, um, like, that has happened. I can't change that, um, but more just focus on, like, how to move forward or, like, uh, what to do in the future, so definitely like try and use it as motivation to succeed like yeah. don't let it um hold me back yeah usually what happens with me is i will overanalyze the situation and i will just pour over it for far too long because i need to process everything that happened i need to try and understand all of the situation before i can move on because if i just let it sit unresolved then i'll constantly think like what if there was something I could have done to prevent this or whatever? Um, so stuff like, especially with like, um, like the ending of a friendship or something, I'll be the person who's like staying up until the middle of the night, just like going in my head, like, what if I had done this instead of this or stuff like that? Or what if I said this in the argument instead of that or stupid stuff that's totally irrelevant and can't be changed. I'll just go over for far too long. I do think though that the time spent going through it all, is good as like a kind of mourning process of what happened so that you can understand why things fell apart 
why things ended the way they did and why you are in the position you are now feeling this emotional pain. Um, because if you don't process the emotional pain, it can just go along with you for forever without you really even understanding it because you never took the time to process it. Like I read um, this book called Life Will Be the Death of Me by Chelsea Handler. Um, and it was a really good book. And um, even though she's not um, a great role model or figure, I highly recommend people read the book because she's been in Hollywood for decades now. Um, not that she's ancient, but she's no spring chicken, beside the point. Uh, but <laughs> she, uh, when she was nine or ten, her, I think it was her oldest brother, um, died while, like, mountain climbing in Arizona. And uh, for years, she just refused to process it um, and really go through that time of mourning over the death of her brother, who was really close to her, because she was in kind of like a bad home, I guess, growing up. Um, like, it just wasn't the best environment. It wasn't, like, necessarily abusive, but it just wasn't the best environment. And so she had relied and counted on him a lot. And so when she, she spent, like, years in therapy just, like, wanting to understand things but never really, like, applying herself. And it was probably, like, a couple years ago where she started a new therapy with a new therapist. And she just wrote like everything that went down like all the dialogue between her and the therapist just all these things she felt and how she just absolutely broke down and wept when she finally started processing everything and realizing this has been affecting me and the way I maintain and pursue relationships for decades because I never went through and processed this so it was having such a negative effect on her for such a long time because she just never took the time to go through it so i think it is so necessary to have a time of just processing everything that happened before you really move on because if you don't you could just like with her you could just carry it with you for so long and it can cause so much unintentional and unnecessary damage but again, I'm not sponsoring her book because she's not paying me to talk about it. I do encourage people to read it, though. Um, last question. Has someone else's pain ever helped you deal with your own? Okay. So, for this um, seven years ago, like in 2013, uh, my grandpa, my mom's mom passed away. And so I just felt like I had to stay strong for, like, my mom and then my uh, younger sister. Because, like, my mom had just lost her father that she was really close to growing up and, like, you know, known him her whole life. And he was a great father to her, especially because her mother's pretty crazy. Um, so, like, she had a really good relationship with him. Mm -hmm. And um, I just felt... Uh, we were actually at the hospital when they like pulled the life support and so she had to drive like my sister and I home afterwards mm -hmm. and so I felt really bad I was 15 or 14 I believe but mm -hmm. it was like months uh, yeah 15 because I think it was months before I would have received my license like my permit mm -hmm. so I wanted to drive so bad so, like she wouldn't have to drive you know because like she was crying still yeah um but like i just had to like you know stay focused on the road and make sure like my eyes were open um for anything 
Um, but, like, just seeing them in pain, like, kind of made me realize that, like, I needed to be there for them to, like, help them grieve because, like, they weren't, I guess, coping as well. I mean, obviously, like, I was in pain as well, but, like, I tried to hide it from them. Yeah. Um, just because I needed to just kind of get over it somewhat quickly so I could help them deal with theirs. Mm-hmm. Um, so it kind of helped me move on because, like, I knew that, like, he would have, my grandpa would have wanted us to, like, help each other out yeah. and not all be drowning at the same time. Yeah. Uh, like, trying to get over it. Yeah. So, a time where someone else's pain helped me deal with my own, kind of going back to at the start of the recording, um, like, the fear I have of having something that I want to publish be rejected, like, rejection for writing happens to essentially all writers that ever decide to pursue publishing like jk rowling tried publishing harry the first book of harry potter like dozens of times before someone decided to take it take her project on and now here she is like one of the richest writers in the entire world because she constructed one of the most amazing book series of all time Again, not being sponsored by J.K. Rowling, so I'm not going to try and plug it all that much. Um, But just knowing that other people face that rejection too and face that feeling of not having produced something good enough or that they as a writer is not good enough is really reassuring to me to know it's not something that's all that personal. It's just something that comes with that business in particular that you have to learn to adapt to and it's just something that comes with time it's not something that comes yeah. naturally but yeah, we are now or sorry go sorry what was that sorry it helps to know that like you're not alone in the pain like other people are going through the same pain yeah when other people are going through it it definitely feels like it's not as bad because you're not alone there are people to relate to uh, but thank you for a wonderful discussion. These are all the questions I have. Is there anything we didn't cover that you would like to add before we break for ads? Um, no, I think we covered like the big, like the big components of pain. All right, wonderful. Okay, so everyone, stay tuned. We will return with ads. We're partnered with the perfect tan. It's practically unattainable and impossible to achieve, but we'll all get sunburned in order to keep trying to get it. This podcast is brought to you in part by poor leadership. There's nothing like having the blind lead the not blind. Welcome back, everyone. Uh, I hope you were able to enjoy our wonderfully written ads by yours truly. It is now time to bring back a game from uh, just a couple episodes ago, not too long ago. I believe it was episode 9 stress with tiffany corner we are going to play a game called hot or not and the way this game works is um really it'll just be me pulling the papers because again uh this is a virtual call with ashley uh so i will pull these papers one by one and we will take turns discussing whether these notable figures and people that are prominent in our society are hot or not most of these people um are kind of eh they're not super attractive they're not super unattractive they're in the middle uh so we have to decide whether we think they're hot or not if we think they're hot we have to say why if they're not hot we got to say how they would have to change for us to think they're hot because in this 
super hypothetical situation, we would be deciding whether or not to pursue a relationship with this person. Ashley, are you ready to play hot or not? Ready as I ever will be. All right, awesome. I'll go first and then you'll give your answer after me. Okay. Do you know who Fred Armisen is? I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, he was on Saturday Night Live and he is one of the main people and creators of the show Portlandia. Have you seen Portlandia? No, I've heard of it. Okay, real quick, I'll get my phone so I can pull up a picture. All right, this is Fred Armisen. Oh, okay. 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 So do I think, okay, I would say not hot. Um, not because, well, he doesn't really do it for me in particular. Um, but on Portlandia, so much of that show I spent cringing because I felt so uncomfortable by the humor. Not that it was bad humor, but it was just like kind of annoying almost. So I would want him to be funnier in order for me to pursue a relationship with him. Um, Ashley, what about you? Hot or not for Fred Armisen? Sorry, Fred, but I would have to say not because if I'm gonna date <laughs> Very fair, yeah. That makes sense. And I just honestly do not like the name Fred, so that just points already against him. That, yeah, that didn't have a shot. Okay. Joaquin Phoenix. Do you think Joaquin Phoenix is hot or not? Oh my god, the name is familiar. Hold on. He was, um,. <laughs> In the new Joker movie, he was the Joker. Oh, okay. And then he plays um, Johnny Cash. Yeah. In that movie. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um. Yeah, I'd also have to say not. Um. <laughs> I love his name though. It's very unique. Uh, it's just uh, like him as like Johnny Cash was like a drug addict and like alcoholic. I was very like he's a very good actor. Especially as the Joker. Yeah. Um, very, like, creepy persona. Creepy vibes. Yeah. Maybe. Makes sense. Um, I would also say not hot. I do not like his name. Because for the longest time, I thought it was Joaquin instead of Joaquin. <laughs> it is one of those words that is unnecessarily difficult. Just like quinoa. Swear. I thought it was quinoa for the longest time. Uh, apparently it's not really upsetting to me. He's gonna have to change his name. He's also going to have to renounce playing the Joker because I hate that movie. I did not like it. It is so dark. It is so negative. I thought it was awful. Um, so that's what he's gonna have to do for me. All right, next one. Samuel L. Jackson. Um, I'm gonna say hot because he does a great job as Nick Fury. I've never really seen him in any other movie, um, except for Marvel movies. I did see him in Pulp Fiction. Um, wasn't crazy about that movie. I don't really get it. I didn't think it was that good. I don't think I've really seen Samuel L. Jackson in any other movie except the Marvel movie. But I like him. Um, Bald works for him. I like him with an eye patch. Um, I think he's just great. So I'm gonna say he's hot. What about you? 
Yeah, he was Frozone. Oh my gosh, I forgot yeah. about that. Okay, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I have so seen like, him in something other than the Marvel movies. Okay. Yeah, and he's just amazing. Like I, him and um, oh gosh, Morgan Freeman. They're like, they're like two of my favorite uh, older African American guys. Like I just love them. <laughs> they're both like, pretty great. Oh my goodness. All right. Next one. Sharon Osbourne. Hot or not? Not. <laughs> How come? Uh, didn't someone, like, try and be him on, like, a Hannah Montana episode? Not Ozzy Osbourne. Sharon Osbourne. Oh gosh, okay. So then maybe I need to look. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> She was a judge on America's Got Talent, and I think she's on, like, The View or something, or The Talk, or The Chat, or something like that. I don't know, but, uh, I would have to say not, because I don't like her husband. <laughs> her husband's creepy, so by, um, what's it called? Uh, so by just relationship. Association? Relationship, Okay, um, I'm gonna say hot because I remember watching her on the Celebrity Apprentice uh, TV show before President Trump was president and he just hosted the show. Um, I thought she was really cool because at the time I didn't really know anything about her. I just knew she had an accent and I thought that was awesome. I was probably 12 at the time. Also, there is a hilarious video I watched back in freshman year and revisited a couple weeks ago of her walking into a door that was life-giving. It was a life-giving video. It was amazing. Uh, I highly encourage everyone at home to look up Sharon Osbourne Walks Into Door on YouTube. Um, it is one of the best things I've ever seen. Look for the slow-mo version because of that one in particular is great. Um, so she's hot. I think she's hot. Uh, next one, Sarah Paulson. So she's one of the more better names in this ball. Um, she, do you know who she is? She's on American Horror Story. Oh, that, okay. The Glass movie that you said you didn't want to watch that has Samuel L. Jackson. She's actually in that movie. Okay. I know. She okay. is. Yeah, she is. Um, okay. I'm gonna say... I don't really know. I could go either way. And I'll, I guess I'll defend both, since I can't really think of either one. I think she's very attractive. Um, and I think she's one of those people that you really have to get to know well to appreciate. Um, 
but I would want to say not hot because sometimes her characters really freak me out on American Horror Story because I have watched it. Um, so I don't really know. I think I'm just gonna have to say undecided. Is what it's it like is. It's a bad horror movie. Like, um, no, like, what is it? Um, what are those horror movies called? Like, oh, scary movies. Like, oh. scary movie. One. Like, if they're in there, I'm sorry, but like, you, you just got dogged like ten points. <laughs> I don't like those movies, and I don't appreciate that kind of humor. Yeah. Um, your turn to go first, Arnold Schwarzenegger. Your facial expression to me gives away your answer. <laughs> See Kindergarten yeah, like, Cop? Yes, that's what I was gonna say. Like, I love yeah. Kindergarten Cop. Yeah. And so he's a good actor, but I don't know. He needs to not be so, like, Kendall. <laughs> yeah, I think I get what you mean. Um, I'm also gonna say not hot because I think he's just too much. Like, I think when people exercise that much and look that way, to me it's really unattractive and gross because it shows you are far too obsessive about this uh, and to the point where it's become unhealthy. Also, I've only seen his movie Kindergarten Cop, which I did enjoy. I did think that was great. Um, but I, from what I know of his other movies, I feel like he just does the same role kind of over and over again. I don't like that. Um, also, when President Trump became President Trump, uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger hosted The Celebrity Apprentice, the TV show, and he did not do a good job. So that is not hot. He needs to become a better TV host for me. Uh, so let's see who is... Oh, wait. I had chosen one. Okay. Robert Downey Jr. Um, hot. Not your turn. <laughs> um, I'm going to say not hot because I did not like Iron Man. Also... And in Avengers Endgame, I'm gonna spoil it because the movie's been out for what, like a year now. 
he dies at the end of Avengers Endgame. And so many people say his death was sadder than Black Widow's death, which is completely wrong. Her death was far more sad than his death. So if he's gonna be hot, his death scene, people just need to get on board with the fact that his death scene was not as great as Black Widow's death scene. Um, she definitely deserved more. What about you? But which made you more sad? I don't know, because, like, Tom Holland, like... Don't even bring up Tom Holland on this podcast. And why? Tom Holland's amazing. No. No. Tom Holland would have been, like, a hot, 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 but... Actually, no. Okay, we are moving on. Okay. Vladimir Putin riding a horse shirtless because there's a picture of him on the internet that Jimmy Fallon brings up sometimes of Vladimir Putin riding a horse without a shirt on. Is that what the joke says? Yes. Right. You want to read it? This is great. Um, I love the fact that this is what, um, and I would say, uh, definitely not. <laughs> So I'm gonna say not hot because I do not like him as a person. Um, also, he's bald and I'm not crazy about bald people, except like I said with Samuel L. Jackson, it works for him really well. Um, but for Putin, I'm gonna say that I respect the fact, not that I've looked at this picture intensely, but from when I remember seeing it on Jimmy Fallon, he just seemed to kind of own it. And he had this very grandiose presence about it. Which, even though I don't endorse toxic masculinity of doing things of that nature, I'm gonna say I respect him for just owning that photo really well, um, but not hot in any sense of the word. Um, Stanley, I'm gonna say 
And for those who don't know, Stanley is the creator of the Marvel comics, which surprisingly has come up a lot in this segment. Um, I'm gonna say hot because he has great cameos in all of the Marvel movies. I think they did that so well, having him come in and just have like a little funny bit. Um, so yeah, I'm gonna say hot. What about you, Ashley? Yeah. yeah. For like the same reasons. I I think he's got a great uh creative mind and especially how there's so many um like relatable uh events, so like life lessons to be taught from his like comics and films mm-hmm. that like they you know, they relate to like you know, obviously like the world wars yeah but like but also has like the superhero elements and like the aliens to kind of make it different or counteract like the seriousness of it yeah yeah okay grumpy cat is grumpy cat hot or not okay so now i know the Not hot? How dare you, Ashley? I mean, funny, but also it's a cat. Um. (laughs) But, okay, when I explained this game, I said in this hypothetical situation where it's okay to pursue a relationship. So, in this situation, you are a cat that is attracted to Grumpy Cat. Speaking of Lifetime, Grumpy Cat had a movie called Grumpy Cat's Worst Christmas that aired on the Lifetime channel. And I watched it when it came out, and Aubrey Plaza from Parks and Rec voiced Grumpy Cat, and it was great. So, for those reasons, Grumpy Cat is hot. Um, yeah, so, my answer. Also, when I told you about this game at the beginning, I said there was like 10 or 12. There's not. There's around like 20 ish maybe more there we are all just folded up so well that i thought there was only a few but there's more so but we're getting towards the end um mariah carey um so funny story for all of those at home who i've not yet told this to once i was at the movie theater with my parents we were seeing the latest jason bourne movie and usually before the movies they have like some commercial for like caesar's palace or the coliseum in vegas like whoever's performing there there was one commercial with mariah carey because i guess she was there at the time and she was wearing something that had like a plunging neckline so there was like stuff showing um and in about a half full movie theater my mother said rather loudly that is disgusting um and so well much more emphatically than that she was very enraged about this and so i'm gonna have to say not hot because i know my mother would be so upset about that relationship um and also i'm not crazy about her songs or her music from the very limited 
ones that I've listened to other than All I Want For Christmas Is You. Um, so yeah, I'm gonna have to say Not Hot. What about you? Understandable. Ooh, this is a good one. Keanu Reeves, hot or not? Not. Uh, he plays John Wick, right? That is correct. Yes. Okay. Yes. So I'd say not because he's surprisingly though, like he looks really young for his age, at least in my opinion. Mm-hmm. So I guess that's a plus. Yeah. Um, Like, maybe he could do that in real life. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Well, that one movie, what is it called? Destination Wedding. Uh, He's terrible at that. Oh, yeah, I remember you telling me about that one. Um, I'm gonna say, I really like the John Wick movies. I think they're awesome. And I really like him in the John Wick movies, but... It's kind of in that Jason Bourne field where he's really not even acting because he's just doing stuff. Like Matt Damon in the Jason Bourne movies isn't really acting. He's just doing stuff and we're watching him do stuff. Yeah. So even though I really like the John Wick movies and I'm excited for the fourth one, I'm going to have to say not hot. Um, because I would like to see if he actually can act in them and actually do stuff. He can. Oh. He can. Okay. Alright, good to know. Um, <laughs> Yoko Ono. Um, there is a song by the band Bleachers that has a feature of Yoko Ono. And the way the feature goes, of y- Yoko Ono's feature goes is snow is falling all the time snow is smiling all the time i'm ready i'm ready i'm ready to move on and i'm not gonna lie um i was obsessed with this song for a long time and i would play it for other people kind of to annoy them um i would like to quote olivia buchanan who said that yoko ono sounded like a dying moose in that song I'm not going to say she's wrong because her performance in that song was not particularly great. Um, And I'm not crazy about John Lennon as a person. His music was good, but I didn't really like him as a person. Um, Also, that one picture of Yoko Ono and John Lennon where, like, he's, like, wrapped around her and you can only see her face because she's, like, surrounded in his beard or something... To me, that is so strange and makes no sense. Um, And I would need her to renounce that photo for her to be hot. Um, So I'm going to say not hot. What about you, Ashley? Um, Yeah, I'm going to say not hot. I honestly had to look her up. um, (laughs) But I do know who you're talking about. Now that, like, uh, I know she was married. 
Like she had marriage to Anthony Cox for one year and then got married to him again. That doesn't that make any sense. After, according to Google. Yeah, so that's just weird. Yeah. Um, I looked up her, um, like some of her works of art and I mean, they look all right. Yeah. That's okay. Um, I believe we are down to our, oh gosh, how many is left? Final six. This has been going on okay. for a while. You know, we're gonna skip this one because to me it's pretty obvious. It was Jenna Fisher from The Office and that's a definite hot. Um, yeah. Okay, Trey Kennedy. Do you know who Trey Kennedy is? Maybe. Okay, this is a hands down 100% not Hot. Trey Kennedy, for those of you who don't know, is kind of a comedian, I guess. Um, he does a lot of, like, comedy about, like, social topics, about, like, millennialism and stuff like that. He has a podcast that I do not like, nor do I endorse, because it is awful. It's called Correct Opinions, which is so something he would come up with, because he's, of course he would think that his opinions are correct. Um... I do not like him. I do not think he's funny. He is very irritating for numerous reasons. He would have to give up comedy for forever for me to think that he's hot because I do not like Trey Kennedy at all. Ashley, what are your thoughts? Um, I'm gonna have to agree with you because I don't know who he is and I trust your opinion of him. <laughs> I Googled him and I've never heard of any of those songs. Okay, well, you are choosing the correct opinion in this case. Um, Whoopi Goldberg. Please give me a refresher. <laughs> okay, she was in the color purple for which she won an Oscar. She is an EGOT winner, which means she has an Emmy, Grammy, Oscar, and a Tony. Um, she voiced one of the hyenas in the movie The Lion King. She, um, is on, I think, The View. Um, what else has she done? She's done a lot of, like, flop comedy movies. Like, a lot of movies that didn't do great, um, after she got, and it was after she had won her Oscar. Um, I can't really think of any other big movies or things that she's done since. Is she still alive? Yes. Whoopi Goldberg is still alive. Okay, because... Okay. Um, it, like... Wikipedia wasn't being reliable. And I guess it gave me someone else because it was saying they were born in 1883. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. That's not Whoopi Goldberg. <laughs> no. Um... <laughs> It was the color purple, yes. Color purple. I do like the movie The Color Purple, and I read the book, and I think it's a great message about, um, like, racial inequality. Um, and honestly, like, any of the, like, actors and actresses in, like, the historical fiction movies that are about, like, racial inequality, like, I have to give props to them. Yes. 
Um, hands down hot for me. The fact that she has an EGOT is so impressive to me. I think that is incredible. Um, I don't believe she and I would probably get along on a wide range of topics. Um, but I just think she's cool. I love that her name is Whoopi because what kind of first name is that? Um, but I think that's awesome. And, uh, I've seen a couple of her movies. Um, oh, there was this one movie on Netflix. I don't think it's on there anymore, but it was called Bogus where it, it was like a Disney movie um, that came out like back in the late 90s and her best friend died and her best friend had a son who was Haley Joel Osment and her best friend wrote in her will that she wanted her son to go into the care of Whoopi Goldberg even though it had been years since they had seen each other and the movie was like sad but also funny and it was really really good. I loved that movie um so Whoopi Goldberg hands down hot um Betty White obvious hot for me love Betty I think she's hilarious she's just very sweet very friendly um I wish I could hug her I would love to go and hug her um Ashley what do you think uh obvious hot for me as well like she's hilarious and I love that she's still going um and like still doing like everyday things um i wish i had her as another grandma <laughs> uh, just make life so interesting yeah i love her like i love like just about every role she has played yeah especially like in the proposal and like she like pretends to like have a heart attack like it's like so <laughs> over dramatic but like betty white can do just about anything and yeah. like it can be so weird and outlandish but like it's okay because Betty White did it like, yeah I watched like a 40 minute documentary about her on Netflix not too long ago and it was awesome Jamie Lee Curtis uh and it's your turn to lead do you think Jamie Lee Curtis is hot or not she was in Freaky Friday she was in A Fish Called yeah. Wanda okay I got it um I, I had once I saw a picture of her I realized yes I do think hot um even though I don't like I don't plan on ever seeing Knives Out. Um, but it was a good movie. Huh? It was a good movie. It wasn't scary or anything. It was great. Yeah, not for me. <laughs> but I love her in Freaky Friday. Mm -hmm. She's just great. And like this one, one of my favorite um, movies uh, from my childhood. Yeah. Yeah, I just love her. So... I'm going to say she's hot on the same basis of I really liked her in Freaky Friday. Um, not in a way that's like Stacy's mom has got it going on, but I just thought she was great in that movie. And she was really hot in that movie, too. Um, yeah. And she did a really good job of acting as if Lindsay Lohan were in Jamie Lee Curtis's body in that movie. I thought that movie was awesome. I thought it was really cool. Um, so definite hot for me. We are on to our final one. This eternity of this game, which I'm so sorry I've subjected to you too. Oh, and this is a great one. Oh my gosh. Bob Saget from Full House. Danny Tanner. Okay. If it's current Bob Saget, it's a hands down no because his career has gone down the hill. If it's Bob Saget when he was on Full House, I think that's great. I would d give a definite hot because 
I felt like Danny Tanner was such a nice, friendly character on that show. He did like a really good job of playing like a a dad on Full House. Um, my dog is barking so much. I apologize if that's on the audio. Um, so if it were now, it'd be a hands down no because he hasn't done great things with his career. Um, but if it were in the past, it would be a yes. What about you, Ashley? I concur. <laughs> yes, I completely agree with you. Well, we have finally finished our game of Hot or Not. Ashley, thank you so much for participating, for being well, for being open to coming on the show. Um, also, for being a great sounding board for my future project, uh, which will be coming out very soon, everyone, so stay tuned. Uh, before we go to closing announcements, I will give you a five-second PSA of anything of your choice. Have a good quarantine. <laughs> okay. Um, good message. Okay. All right. <laughs> uh, time for closing announcements, everyone. Thank you for tuning into this episode of Geisler's Guidelines. Be sure to subscribe so that you never miss new episodes when they come out every other Tuesday. Please give us a rating and a review on iTunes. It's the best way for people to know what this podcast is all about. If you have suggestions for the show, you can send them to geislersguidelines at gmail.com, no apostrophe, and geislers. Follow me on Instagram at savage underscore sasquatch78, and you can follow Ashley on Instagram at... If Ashley has an Instagram, I actually do not know this. I have an Instagram. I don't know what my, my handle thing is. That's okay. Um, look for Ashley Ward on Instagram. She's pretty sure she has an account on there. Um, good luck, everyone. But, you know, spend some time searching. Um, all content on the show is created by yours truly, Jordan Geisler. A very special thank you to our this episode's guest, Ashley Ward, for coming on the show. Thanks again for listening. Stay good and healthy, everybody.